Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rob and Wheelhouse Show. Today, I will be Rob Solo. As most of you know, if you've been listening to the podcast all along, I work nights for a couple of weeks and then days a couple of weeks. And since we had the special guest on Sunday, we never really went over the Baltimore series and talked about the Baltimore series. So that's what I'm going to do today. Go over that series, talk about the uh, amazing uh, offensive explosion on Saturday. Uh, also, some Astros news, some questions. I'm going to answer a couple of questions from some listeners. And then uh, I'm going to give you the podcast schedule. So I am doing it alone. But from now on, uh, you know, so I brought on Wheelhouse so I could have a co-host. We could do some, have some nice Astros conversation and then we brought in James and Corey. You know, it is the Robin Wheelhouse show, but James and Corey are just as much part of the show as any of us. And so now we have the four guys, and what we're going to try to do, and I know I'm alone today, but what we're going to try to do is at least give you a show with at least two guys. And since I'm on nights, uh, those guys can get together whenever possible, and they can do shows without me, that's fine. It may be better without me, I don't know. But uh, I'm going to give you the schedule for the rest of the week. We're going to give you three more shows the rest of the week. And uh, so anyway, that's what's coming up, and we'll be right back, folks. You're listening to The Rob and Wheelhouse Show. All right, so let's go over Friday's win by the Astros. Uh, Miley, former Baltimore Oriole, back in town. Uh, The Astros, Alex Bregman with a two-out RBI. He gets a double. That brings in Altuve. And then Alvarez with an RBI single brings in Bregman. The Astros are up 2-0, and this was all with two outs. And this is pretty much what won the game for him. Bottom of the fifth, Jace, Jace Peterson hits a home run off Miley, which is really his only blemish of the day. Uh, top of the seventh, Altuve brought in Chirinos with an amazing triple. Astros up 3-1. to one. Uh, Joe Smith then gives up a home run in the bottom of the seventh, which makes it 3-2. to two. But that was your final score. Astros win. Wade Miley, five and two-thirds of an inning. Only five hits and one run allowed. He did walk two batters 
and only had four strikeouts. But he is sitting at 11-4 and four with a 2.99 ERA. And this is one reason why Wheelhouse and myself do not like our other pitchers to be called the big three or whatever they call them. You can't leave Wade Miley out. How can you leave someone out that's 11-4 and four with a uh, ERA under three, 2.99? Altuve went two for four. Chirinos, who's been struggling, uh, he went two for four as well. Uh, Carlos Correa and Yuli Gurriel, who's both been playing very well, they combined for an O and eight day. Saturday, Saturday was the offensive explosion, if there ever was an understatement. The Astros win 23-2, 23-2, and while I'm watching the game, it doesn't even seem real. It's just so many runs. It's, they, they had 25 hits. They scored five runs in the second, four runs in the fifth, six runs in the seventh, just runs, runs, runs. Alex Bregman homered, Altuve homered, Correa homered, and Jordan Alvarez, three home runs in one game, seven RBIs. Alex Bregman, this is this is something that I would assume someone would point it out. How has this ever happened before? Alex Bregman goes three for three with three RBIs, and he's replaced by Aledmus Diaz, who comes in and goes three for three as well. I mean, has that ever happened? That someone goes three for three and they replace him, and his replacement goes three for three? That that's amazing. Uh, Yuli. Like I said, who had a bad game on Friday. He went four for six. So six different Astros on Saturday had three or more hits. This is an offensive explosion. 11 for 18 with runners in scoring position. And the Astros only left with all this stuff going on, with all these hits, all these base runners, they only leave two guys on base the entire game. Uh, this was Sanchez's second outing with Houston. He went five innings, three hits. He only allowed one run. He had three walks and six strikeouts. Uh, Rondon, Devo, they did not allow any runs. And Joe Smith allowed that one run. Uh, talking about Sanchez... Uh, one of the conversations that I've overheard or overread, however you want to put it, uh, I think Wheelhouse was actually talking about it, but um, I don't know if you can really judge uh, Sanchez right now. I mean, he was part of the no-hitter, then he gave up one run, but in this game, he gave up hits, he had walks, he had base runners, but he survived. I mean, he didn't allow a lot of runs. He got out of trouble. Uh, I didn't think he pitched great, but I mean, he survived. He did good. He's only, he's only allowed one run since he's been an Astro. 
And one thing about it is I can't even remember the first the team they know hit. I don't know if it was Seattle. I just can't remember. I guess I should know this. But the point is, the two offenses that they faced, and I know I'm going to hear about this, but the two, the two offenses that they faced were bad. So he really hasn't faced anyone great. And I might have to pause and look that up, but I apologize for not knowing this. But I know it's been two weak teams. So let me look at this. So Julia Morales actually uh, posted this after the game. And I'm not going to read it all. I'm just going to share a few things with you. So 23 runs is a franchise record. Uh, The old record was 21 against Arizona. The 21-run win margin is the largest ever. So the Astros win the game by 21 runs. It looks more like a football score. And I think I saw some people posting that the Astros outscored the Texans in their first preseason game. Uh, 13 extra base hits. uh, And 7 doubles, 6 home runs. That's amazing. Uh, Carlos Correa, if you didn't uh, see the game, a 474-foot blast, folks. This went almost out of the stadium. I think it went over... If you're unable to watch the game, so they have the fence, and then they have the Orioles bullpen, and then kind of like not stacked on top of it, but above it and further back, they have the Astros bullpen, and he actually hit it over both of those. So what a drive. That was the longest home run ever since they tracked him with StatCast in Camden Yards ever. So what an offensive explosion. And uh, I'm going to take a quick break because I need something to drink. But uh, once again, you're listening to Robin Wilhouse Show. I'm sorry. I'll be right back. All right, now let's talk about this Sunday game. The Astros lose 8-7. to seven. Pretty much the only offense they have for most of the game is a three-run homer by Carlos Correa. I'm just going to get to the point. And eventually the game is 5-4. to four. Um, They asked me to write a story. Well, they asked somebody to write a story or a recap of Sunday's game, and I said I would do it. Feeling or knowing that I'm going to write about a loss. And then Brantley has that triple, and the Orioles guy forgets how to throw. He comes in to score, Little League home run. And the Astros all of a sudden up 7-5. to five. We bring in Roberto Osuna, who hasn't been that great lately. In the story I wrote about him, the dude's given up. I can't remember what it was, but he had an ERA of like 42 sometime in May. And then it went up to 4 in July. And in August, so far, his ERA is 10. So a lot of people are questioning whether or not he should be the closer. And I'm going to get into that in a second. But I still had faith in him, and I haven't lost faith in him. I'm just not as comfortable. I'm not as comfortable when he comes in the game. But I do have faith he'll turn things around. But anyway, he, earlier in the game, Bregman got hit. And there's some people that think maybe he hit 
so after the triple, Bregman got hit. And some people think maybe Osuna retaliated, but I highly doubt it. I mean, the game's on the line. You're not going to hit somebody with, I think there was already a runner on, and he hit somebody. But yeah, that was after the sack fly. So one thing, they didn't, they didn't challenge that. It looked like he beat the throw to the plate. The umpire called him safe. But you look in the replays, it doesn't even look like he touched the base. So I'm curious why Hinch didn't challenge it. They saw something that we didn't see maybe, or maybe they didn't have challenges. I don't know. But we could have won. There was two outs. So the sack fly came, and then a two-run homer a couple batters later, or probably the next batter, Rio Ruiz, I believe, a former Astro. Uh, But anyway, lost in all of this is... so, So Justin Verlander, Started the game. Let's talk about Justin Verlander a little. So when when I'm watching the game, I didn't know it started at 12. I thought it started at 1. I'm running around with my wife. And so I get home, and it is, I want to say, the second inning. And I look down at the pitch count, and Verlander's in the 50s already. Or he's barely in the 50. He ended up with 53 pitches in the first two innings. And I I didn't understand what was going on. And so it turns out that the uh, Orioles fouled off 21 pitches. I mean, you're going to throw a lot of pitches if they foul off 21 pitches. I mean, that's a lot. And that's kind of what happened. He did give up. Nine hits, four runs. So, you know, it's not all foul balls, but, you know, it's got to be frustrating. He had 11 strikeouts. If I told you Justin Verlander had 11 strikeouts, let me me put these together. If I tell you Verlander has 11 strikeouts and he didn't allow any home runs, You would have never thought we would have lost. He allowed four runs. So Devo allowed a run and lost in all of this. I think I said that before and I went back, but this is what I meant. Will Harris, no runs, no hits. Will Harris has an ERA of 1.64 and nobody is talking about Will Harris. So... Let me go ahead and go to this. So Mark, you wanted Wheelhouse and myself to answer a question because he shared a story about Osuna. Should he stay the closer? The answer is yes. But, you know, you have the answer in the playoffs. We, we saved game seven in the playoffs with starting pitchers. So they are, they are important. I know Kimbrell, Jensen, I mean, they can't stay good forever. I mean, maybe he blew his wad at the beginning of the year. I don't know. But I know his ERA in August is 10, 10, 12. In May, it was like 42. So he's really falling apart. He's allowed home runs in three of his last seven games. And 
should he still be the closer? I don't know if I messed up and said starter, but I mean closer. Should he still be the closer? I, I think yes. Here, here's, what, here's what I'm saying. You can't flip-flop him. And I know Hinch knows that. Hinch knows more than me and probably any of you listening. But if you're going to do anything, you can move Presley to the closer or you can leave him there and, and Will Harris can close, but I don't know if Will Harris can handle that pressure. But I think Presley can. Presley's not as lights out as he used to be, but he was injured. Now he's back. But that's your only choice. You, you, have to, you have to move Presley to closer. Will Harris can be the eighth inning guy, and then Osuna can be the seventh inning guy. But I don't see it happening. I don't see him doing it unless he totally falls apart. And, but it could happen. Who knows? So, yeah, that's it. That's all I have for that, the, the Baltimore series. Uh, looking at some numbers. Carlos Correa went two for five. He had that three-run homer, and he is hitting 297. Just what I expect from Carlos Correa, a healthy Carlos Correa. Jordan Alvarez went two for five on Sunday. Uh, unreal. Unreal. This guy's batting average is 355. They gave Yuli Gurriel the day off. Could that be why they lost? I don't know. Uh, Altuve went one for four, but his batting average is now 304. The last time I brought up his batting average, I think it dipped below 300 at about 299 or 298. Brantley went one for four. His batting average is 323. Springer, three for five. He is hitting 296. So at the beginning of the season, my expectations, uh, Springer about 260. Correa about 270. Altuve, although he's hitting 304 below, below my expectations, I expected more. I think if he didn't start out so bad, he would be way above that. But, you know, he's moving up so fast and so high, I think he, he might be able to get in the 320s. Uh, but so far, Brantley's 323, and he's so consistent, I don't see that dropping. So after the game, the Astros, 77 and 41. They are 10 games ahead of Oakland. We already talked about this. Wheelhouse and I both think that the Astros have locked up the West. Texas Rangers, my least favorite team in the world, they are 18 games out. I don't think they sold at the deadline. I don't know why. Uh,. The Angels are 20 out and Seattle 29 and a half games out. That's amazing. The Dodgers and Yankees, this is going to flip-flop on a daily basis. They have a 658 winning percentage and the Astros are at 653. So I already told you Monday the game was postponed, so they will have a doubleheader today. Grinky still pitching. The game's at 340. Uh, Garrett Cole will pitch game two. So it looks like we can't get two wins. We are playing the Chicago White Sox. Uh, Wednesday will be Wade Miley. Wade Miley back on the mound for a 110 Wednesday game. So that works out pretty good. 
works out pretty good because I'm going to go over the schedule here in a second. Uh, but after that, they are going to play four games in Oakland. So I don't know if you know this. I'm kind of going out of order a little bit. But yesterday, they released the schedule, and I'm not going to go over the whole thing. But, but if you look at the Astros schedule, it's because I'm I, I look at the weekends because I can't go on the weekdays. But there, I guess there's a lot of cool games on the weekdays. Not very many cool road trip games. Uh, but the first week, not the first week, but May, which is I guess the second month of the the season in May, the Astros have weekend homestands against the Yankees and the Red Sox. So they are getting it out of the way. Uh, not really any cool. I think they play the Mets. That's going to be during the week, though. It's a couple of games in the middle of the week. Uh, you Houstonians can go to those games. Uh, but I think they play the Braves, like four games at the end of the year in Atlanta. Pretty decent road trip. But uh, if some of you are like me, football's already started. So not that I don't watch the Astros when football starts. But I don't want to miss a bunch of football. You know, you can have pitcher and pitcher. You can bring out the TV from the bedroom. So what I want to talk about as far as the schedule is... So it'll work out good. So the game Wednesday is at 1. And the podcast, Wheelhouse and Corey are going to do a show Wednesday evening. So they don't have to wait for the show. They don't have to wait for the game to be over. They can actually talk about the Chicago White Sox series and hopefully there's no more rainouts. Uh Friday uh Wheelhouse will be with James and uh Thursday, Friday, I guess they can talk a little bit. I don't know what they're going to talk about, but they have a lot of baseball knowledge to talk about and then Sunday it'll be me and James recapping what what happens in the Oakland series so look for those to come uh this week we got three more shows coming so that's four total if you count Sunday that's five uh trying to give you some good content and so finally I wanted to talk about uh actually I wanted to answer a question uh, Astros Thor wrote in, and he said, based on Reddick's decline, when do they put Kyle Tucker in? Um, the easy, not, I don't want to say the easy answer, but it is easy, is based on the way baseball is. They're not going to make any kind of move. Kyle Tucker is number one, first guy up. Brantley, Springer, Marisnik, Reddick, any of those guys get hurt, he's getting called up. They're not going to bring him up and send someone down. It's not going to happen. And the reason is, is it's, it's August already, and September you get to call guys up. So it's not going to happen until September unless somebody gets hurt. So one thing about Kyle Tucker, um, I think he was drafted in 2015. I was looking at this earlier. And you don't count 
15, you know, they play the little uh, half leagues or whatever they're called. I don't even know what they're called. And so 16, 17, 18, 19. Kyle Tucker has been in the minor leagues for four years. He did get the call up last year and hit 141. But, I mean, as far as AAA goes, Kyle Tucker is an amazing AAA player. And there's part of me, and I almost won't say part, all of me wishes there was somewhere for him. Uh, but there's not. There's not anywhere to put him. You can't just... I, I don't even think it's possible to send Josh Reddick to the minor leagues. I you, I think you would have to... You would just have to put him on waivers. But it's not going to happen. It's it's already... I don't know what it is. August 13th? August 12th? I don't know. But September's around the corner. They expand the rosters. He's going to get called up then. It's not going to happen now. And I'm not saying he didn't deserve it. Because he does. He does deserve it. But he's on a team that is full. And not only is Reddick struggling, but, I mean, Marisnik's not doing that great. But Marisnik is important for the running game. And he is very important for the defense. Uh, Reddick... I'm not sure how good Kyle Tucker is at defense. I've never really watched him play a lot of defense. Most things I know are what people tweet about him on Twitter, like what did he do in the game. But in 108 games, he has 24 doubles, 32 home runs. I don't know if it was last night, but he had his 32nd home run in 108 games. Now, the math of that is one in every three games, he's getting a home run. And I know some games he had two. And I want to say, I want to say, I saw a picture of him holding up five uh, fingers, which is not really what what, what he was doing, but it's what they used. I really think that he has multiple home runs in five games. Don't quote me on this, but I could have swore that's what I saw. So 24 doubles, 32 home runs, 91 RBIs. I thought I had read that he had 100 RBIs, but maybe they said he was close. Kyle Tucker deserves to get called up, but you do have that memory or you do have that history You have that 141 batting average. The Astros are too good to have someone in there hitting 141. And I know Reddick is probably hitting 141 after he was out of the gate hitting in the 300s. I mean, his average is 270. If you just look at his average, you're like, hey, Josh Reddick's doing good. But he did it all at the beginning. But Josh Reddick has saved quite a bit of runs for the Astros, whether it be throwing or catching the balls that were definitely home runs. Josh Reddick's very important. 
But is how much drop off is there? How much drop off is there if you just have Marisnik in there? I don't think it's much drop off at all. Springer can play right field just as good as Reddick, and Marisnik can actually play center field probably better than Springer. So defensively, you're not missing much making that move. And offensively, at least of lately, you're not really missing anything either. But Astros Thor, thank you for sending in that question. I do appreciate it. And actually, folks, it is time for me to hit the hay and tell all of you to have a good day. Doubleheader today against Chicago White Sox. Early game Wednesday where you will get a Wheelhouse and Corey podcast. I'll see you back on Sunday. Thanks to everyone out there for listening to the Rob and Wheelhouse show. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.